this morning. Maybe if it's somebody that you don't know, just welcome them here. We are glad to have you.
morning and welcome to Crossroads. Aren't you glad to be here today? We, uh, we're so thankful for, uh, for all that God's doing here at the church. If you, have, if you could take the friendship folder and please pass them down the aisle this time, we would certainly appreciate that. Just a, just a few announcements this morning as, uh, as we're approaching Easter. We have a, a lot going on here. You'll see this, uh, this flyer out in the foyer. This has actually gone out in the, into, the, into homes this week uh, in the neighboring communities here in, uh, around Finleyville area. And uh, it talks about our Easter egg uh, drop, the, the helicopter egg drop. So I want to encourage you to, to be in prayer because we have a whole lot going on this week as, uh, as we prepare for that. This helicopter egg drop is, uh, is, is on Saturday at 3 o'clock here. And uh, this will be going out in the mail. However, they, uh, we're already sold out. It's free tickets, and they're already all gone. We have a 1,000 people signed up to be here for Saturday. Isn't that awesome? Let's give God a hand. I, well, I'm just I'm thrilled by that, okay? 1,000 people signed up to be here. If, uh, if you're coming and you're, you're bringing your child or your grandchild, please have your ticket ready. They won't, we won't even be able to admit the car into the place if you don't have the ticket ready to go. Um, we're, we're going to have Mineral Beach. Is, we're we're going to have overflow parking. So I'm going to ask as many of our members, if you would, to please park at Mineral Beach and then walk up, all right? No, I'm just kidding. All right, going to park at Mineral Beach and then take the shuttle up, all right? So there will be a shuttle. Uh, the shuttle bus will be over there, and it will be running from 2 o'clock on. And uh, so I'm asking our people, will we please park at Mineral Beach Take the shuttle up, and we'll leave our best spots for our guests here, all right? That, now, that's super exciting that we don't even have near the parking necessary. Um, if you'd like to help, we need a lot of people to help with this, all right? We need people who will be crowd controlled. We need people who will help with parking. We need parking attendants at Mineral Beach, parking attendants here, up and down our hill. We need people to be crowd controlled. We need about 50 people to make this a success. So if you're able to, uh, to help, please stop by the table in the back of the auditorium today, and, uh, and you'll be able to sign up. They're having a meeting on Tuesday night at 7 o'clock here at the church, and, uh, and that will give you all the details that you'll need to help us out with that. So we're just thanking God for what he's doing. Here we have the, uh, so the helicopter Easter egg drop that is coming up. That is this Friday. I'm sorry, this Saturday at 3 o'clock. And uh, on the inside, you see this huge picture of a helicopter. It's, it's going to be a lot of fun for the, for the community here for, and for you and your family. And I want to encourage you, as, as you're here, uh, just reach out and say hi to somebody. Welcome them to, to Crossroads. Uh, that, that's what our people need. Uh, the people in our community need, need a friendly hand. Somebody says, hello, welcome, what's your name? And then on the back of our, our, of our flyer that's going out, it says, your mortgage, your kids, your kids' college tuition, your next meal. In, today, in today's world, your future can feel uncertain, but your eternity doesn't have to. Our debts have been paid in full. Find out what that really means this Easter. And then there's, uh, and it shares what's happening here at Easter on Thursday and Good Friday. We're going to have on, that's April 13th and 14th, uh, an event here called Journey to the Cross. So we're going to have, uh, this place will be filled with actors. There's about 50 people in this program. I want to encourage you to be here for that. Bring a friend out on one of those nights. 
Thursday and Good Friday. We'll share the, the last week of Jesus' life, and then it will, uh, we'll have an opportunity for people to come to Christ. And then, of course, we have Easter Sunday at 9.30 and 11 o'clock. So I'm asking you to be in prayer. Let's pray and ask God that he'd give us 10 or 20 new families. Wouldn't that be exciting that God would just do that? Uh, God is growing the church. People are coming. It's, it's really a fun time in the church right now, and we're just excited about how God is drawing people unto himself. Jesus said this. He said, if you will lift him up, then he will draw men and women unto himself. And that's what we're trying to do here, folks. That's what Easter is all about. We're having, it's an opportunity for us to lift Jesus up, and he will draw the people unto himself. So helicopters, they don't bring people to Jesus. People bring people to Jesus. Amen? And so I want to encourage you. Let's, let's go out and let's do our part. Let's just watch what God's going to do and, uh, and invite somebody this Easter. And let's, uh, let's pray about uh, what, what God will do and just thank him in advance. And uh, take a step of faith with us this Saturday. We have that egg hunt. Uh, and then uh, Sunday will be Palm Sunday next week. So we're looking forward to this Easter season. This time I'd like to ask Rushers to come forward. As they're coming forward, I'd like to also remind you women that today is the last day to sign up for the women's retreat. If you'd like to go, today's the last day. They're going in May, but today's the last day for sign-ups. You can sign up there at the back table or online this afternoon. You can go to the church website and sign up there as well, okay? Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Our Father and our God, we come before you, and we thank you for this great opportunity today, Lord, to worship you, to honor you and to bless your name. Lord, as we give to you this morning, we ask that you will bless each gift and each giver as we respond to the goodness and the greatness of God. Lord, we ask that you'll be with us as we go on this journey this week with the egg helicopter egg drop, with, the, uh, with, with Palm Sunday and Thursday and Good Friday the following week and Easter. And Lord, just continue to grow your church. You said that you would build your church, Lord. And we come before you today and we humble ourselves in your presence. In your name we pray. Amen. As you're giving this morning, I invite you to join us as we sing. And then Pastor Jim, our executive pastor, he'll be sharing the message this morning as we continue our series, Close Encounters of the Jesus Kind. Where you are and where you are, Lord. 
song, don't you? I sing that all, I, I try to sing that all the time. This thing is so heavy. I'm glad Mike's doing this. I come, I come early. Thanks, Mike. I come up on Sunday morning early and um, I can't, I, can, I don't want anybody to see, you got to see how I get this up here. You know, I used to be strong. I this thing's, it's not right, man. <laughs> Keenan, I wish I had your strength. Uh, it's so good to see everybody. Uh, we've had a good time last night and uh, this morning. I, uh, Kenny, Kenny's been uh, talking about uh, close encounters of the Jesus kind, and last week he talked about the close encounter with Nicodemus. <coughs> and today we're going to talk about a close encounter with the woman at the well, John four. Uh, of course, Kenny spoke in John three last week. And it's about, that was about Nicodemus. He was a social, moral, and religious insider. He was on the in, okay? Now, we're going to, this week, talk about a social, moral, and religious outcast. She's on the outside. And, um, but everywhere Jesus traveled, people were on his mind, amen? And so, this, this is a cool story. And I'm going to read first nine verses of John 4, and then we'll get into some story of the cultural barriers of the Jewish and the uh, Samaritans. In verse 1 of chapter 4, I'm reading out of the NLT. Jesus knew the Pharisees had heard that he was baptizing and making more disciples than John. Though Jesus himself didn't baptize them, his disciples did. So he left Judea and returned to Galilee. He had to go through Samaria on the way. Eventually, he came to the Samaritan village called Sychar near the field that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired from the long walk, sat wearily beside the well about noontime. Soon a Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Please give me a drink. He was alone at the time because his disciples had gone into the village to buy some food. The woman was surprised, for Jews refused to have anything to do with the Samaritans. She said to Jesus, you are a Jew, and I am a Samaritan woman. Why are you asking me for a drink? Now, a lot of you guys know the, uh, this, uh, the problems the Jews had with the Samaritans, but let me define a few things. The, a Samaritan, 
where that term came from, back in around 580, 587, the Babylonians conquered southern Judah, and they took the Jews back to their area, and they left the poorest uh, class of people, the lowest classes of people. Then those remaining Jews intermarried with other nations that came through, and that's where we get to Samaritans. Okay? Now, they only followed the first five books of the Bible called the Torah, the, Moses' books. They, reju- they rejected the remaining Old Testament. They, they built a temple in Mount Gerizim, as you will find out later. The, the lady talks about that. And, uh, but the, the Jews burned that down in about 128 B.C. So, I mean, there's all kind of animosity. Uh, and, of course, the Samaritans rejected the temple of Jerusalem. And the Jews, when they would go north or south, they would not walk through Samaria. They, they go a long way out, you know. And uh, so uh, not only did they have those barriers, there's these male-female barriers. Check this out. Jewish men did not speak to strange women. The Talmud tells us that the rabbis would not speak to women in public, not even their wives. Men could divorce very easily. In fact, I, I, I have from my uh, one of the commentaries, commentaries the guy said how you could divorce it is so absurd i don't i can't even say it it's just crazy okay the women had no legal recourse if a husband beat her and the woman's word was not valid in a court of law okay now here's the scene the, this woman approaches the well from sukkar with a water jar on her head it's about noontime she's alone there's no servant with her so we presume she's poor uh, there's much biblical history around this town. If you were raised in the church, you'd hear, uh, if you, you probably remember hearing uh, the word Shechem. Uh, when I was a little boy, I used to always hear about Shechem. And that's the town of uh, Sukkar. And uh, I think it's mentioned 61 times in the Bible. And, uh, and just one little story is that the bones of Joseph were brought back from Egypt to Shechem. It was, there was land that was already bought for him. And there's all kinds of stories about Shechem, you know. And you guys that have been in the church have heard that term or that, that name. Now, let me tell you a little bit about the personality here. The typical village woman would come up to this well, you know, because well, you know, the water is so sacred and it's so, you know, hard to find. They would come up and they were, ver- they were silent. They had no eye contact. They would get their water and hurry off. They came early in the morning. Every uh, day they came early in the morning uh, to, to get, you know, water to cook, uh, clean, bathe. They, that was their duty, see. And um, they came in groups. Well, look at this girl. She's coming at noontime. There's nobody with her. She's alone. She's bold. She's direct. She's fearless. She's uninhibited. So here comes Jesus, verse 10. Jesus replies, if you only knew the gift God has for you and who you are speaking to, you would ask me and I would give you living water. Now, this is really interesting. Now, you know the cultural background. We don't, we don't, men don't, do not talk to women. Rabbis definitely don't talk to women. The women put their heads down. So he's engaging her, and he encourages her. And he made her curious about three things. First, the things of God. He said, if you knew the gift of God. Then he said, then he made her curious about who Jesus is. He said, who it is who says to you. And then he said, he made her curious about what he could give her. He would have given you living water. Now, can you, now she's got to be shocked. What is going on here? Let's go to verse 11. 
But sir, you don't have a rope or a bucket, she said, and this well is very deep. Where would you get this living water? And besides, do you think you're greater than our ancestor Jacob who gave us this well? How can you offer better water than he and his sons and his animals enjoyed? Jesus replied, anyone who drinks this water will soon become thirsty again. But those who drink the water I give will never be thirsty again. It becomes a fresh, perpetual spring within them, giving them eternal life. Oh, man, this is just too cool. So here's, here's barriers. There's racial barriers, cultural, gender, moral. And he offers her an eternal source of living spiritual water. Tim Keller wrote a book, uh, The Insider and the Outcast, and he says this. Jesus is saying, quote, I've got something for you that is as basic and necessary to you spiritually as water is to you physically, something without which you are absolutely lost. Oh, man. Now, when I was a young boy, I, I grew up in the 60, early 60s in Fallfield. There's some young ladies here, and they're from where I grew up when we were kidding, shooting the uh, before church started, but we had, uh, the, the fathers had built this baseball field, you know, out of a cow patch thing, you know, and then when some of the guys put up a backstop, so we thought we were major league, you know, but I always hung around with kids who were older than me for some reason. In our neighborhood, there was always a, a, a mentoring system. It was, un, it, un, you know, it was unofficial, but you hung around with kids older than you. There were younger kids that hung out with me. Uh, kids come back to the neighborhood. Like I would come back when I was in college and I would referee, uh, but I'd let them steal. And then I'd get to throw them out though. I was like a catcher, you know? And so we would, the older kids always come back and help. So I always, uh, I, when I was young, these older kids would play. And one thing they would do is, uh, you know, back in the sixties, if, if you would drink water, it was like, uh, you're a wimp. And, you know, we just didn't drink water. I remember the junior high coach, like, men don't drink water. <laughs> you know, and it's like, holy cow, you older guys remember that. Now they go to jail for that, right? And so there was no water bottles. And so I remember playing with these older kids, and it would, it, it would be so warm. And, and, you know, you're dying to get a drink. And so finally one of the older kids would say, okay, it's, we're, we're getting a drink. So I remember, in fact, I can see that water fountain right now. We, we would run to my buddy's house. My buddy, his dad was smart. He had the house where everybody hung out. He, had, uh, he was kind of technically ahead of everybody. He had uh, uh, pinball machines. That, uh, he, had, he had a basketball court. All the kids, he had a big driveway. The kids flew airplanes, you know, the gas airplanes, and uh, that ran off a string, you know. So we just hung out there all the time. But. He had an electric water cooler. Oh, I could see that thing right now. I remember we would run to that thing, and one of the problems I had, one of them, was that I was slow. And so I didn't get there first, you know. So I remember waiting in line, and my buddies would be up drinking and drinking and drinking. And then it would be my turn, and I could taste it right now. Uh, it, 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 it was so refreshing. And you know what that's like. Now, we're very fortunate in America. That's not a problem for us. Uh, in fact, you know, we debate on filters and bottled water. It's unbelievable, you know. But you can imagine in the uh, arid temperature of the Middle East that, uh, how tough it was. And the average adult body holds 57 to 60% water. I, I told the first service, I thought it was 70, but Google says 57 to 60, so and that's what it is. And uh, I... So you know that you know that profound thirst is just agony. And I don't know if we've 
had that, you know. Uh, and to taste water is just amazingly satisfying. Can you imagine in that, in that arid temperature back, you know, at the time of Christ? So, verse 15, she says, Please, sir, the woman says, give me this water. Then I'll never be thirsty again, and I won't have to come here to get water. So she's like, she calls his bluff. Okay. Yeah, you show me where I don't have to go to the well every morning. In fact, I got to go in the afternoon because, you know, I'm hated by everybody. So, and then so Jesus goes in verse 16, go and get your husband. She says, I don't have a husband. Jesus says, you're right. You don't have a husband for you have had five husbands and you, you aren't even married to the man you're living with now. You certainly spoke the truth. Now, this gets real interesting. Jesus now speaks the truth and speaks to her soul. Her living water is unraveling. Jesus is revealing a spiritual thirst. And he's revealing a spiritual thirst. See, because what she's seeing is her living water included men. And Jesus, Jesus loved her. Can you see how sweet this is? He loves her. He continues to go further. But this is something I hope will challenge you. He refuses to leave her the way she is. Now, this, I finally come to terms with this. I've always like, okay, if I get this and this, I'll be okay. Now, I've done this since I was 20. And then, if I, then, then we get through these problems, <laughs> we'll be okay. <laughs> you know, I think about 10 years ago, it was like, that's philosophy is for the birds. You know, God can never leave you where you are. He, remember what Kenny spoke when they were coming uh, out of Egypt uh, is that God has to change our identity. He has to. He's God. He's trying to conform us to his image. He has to. Now, I, I, there's nobody who is in the image of God who's perfect. So he says, I can't do this. I got to keep bringing you to the image that I made you for. Now, I don't like that, to be honest with you. But... I know that it's good for me. And I'm starting to see it is good. It is good. Now, compassion and understanding is never enough. Truth is essential for eternal life. Jesus is truth. He reveals spiritual thirst and supplies our water. He reveals spiritual truth and then supplies the water. Holy. That's unbelievable. See, in our church, uh, we have Sunday school classes. And I'm telling you, I've been at this church a long time. And... I come Wednesday night for the men's Bible study. It's phenomenal. I mean, we work here all day with the retired guys. I come home, and I got every reason to stay home, but it's like, I, I got to have the truth. I sit there in amazement what, how God uses our teacher, and the word comes out. And I'm t- you got to see my notebook. I mean, it's, unbel- it, it, it's phenomenal. It's just phenomenal. God is changing our identity. I want to be around truth. You guys know, you know how it is in society today. Oh, my. It's like, I just want somebody tells me the truth. You know, I get vendors that come in here, and I'll say, look, it used to be about money, man. I'd be all over them birds. Uh, now it's like, if you tell me the truth, you're all, you almost got the job. <laughs> money, money's not as big if you tell me the truth, you know. Now, we got life groups. I, I think there's eight or ten. Uh, we have three worship services, teenage services. Teenage workers, children's, children's workers everywhere. Uh, Pastor John started the quiet time with us. Listen, we've got to be partaking of the truth. 
Uh, I want to encourage the men. Uh, please make sure, please make sure that your children are around the truth of God's word. Man, there's nothing better to have these kids all the way through. You know, you get, you know, Wade was, uh, I didn't tell him I'd pick on him, but you get together with Wade. He was raised, you know, here since before he was born. And uh, he can't say anything without quoting some verse out of the Old Testament. Now, that doesn't make him spiritual, but those things are in his head. You know, and I'm like that too, but he's smarter than me. It's in my head. People, I, I just was raised in the church. A lot of you are like that way. Now, that doesn't make you spiritual, but it, there's truth in there, okay? Now, that truth doesn't work until you allow God to run your life. You know what I mean? There's a lot of guys that know truth, but they don't let God run their life, and so they hurt the gospel. Okay, now, but I want to encourage you, Jesus cannot and will not leave you where you are. And so get, and, and I tell, here's what I think. If a young person's in our church, I can almost guarantee they're going to come to Christ. But, now here's the, but here's my, here's what I'm challenged at. Will that child drink from a perpetual spring from Jesus Christ? Now, that's a little tougher. Because for that to happen, there has to be models in the church. You know, when they look at Jim Watts, does he model drinking from the perpetual spring of eternal life, or is he an attack dog? He gets what he wants. He's a, a mover and a shaker. When I first came here, that was the word. Boy, Jim, he's a mover and a shaker. Yeah, I can do that. No, I mean, I'm not Superman, but you mess with the church, it's on. And if a vendor comes in here, he messes with the church, it's on. But you know what? It's not right. It's not right. It's not right. When they see us, when they see us, do they see us go to God and we say, we know what to do in the flesh. But do they see us go to Christ? Say, Lord, help me to treat that person with the way you would, like Jesus did with this Samaritan woman. That's a new way of living. And I tell you what, in about the last five or six years, this is really challenging me. Look at this Samaritan woman. She's not just a, a She's not a wounded person who needs understanding. I mean, she is. She's just not that. She's a guilty person who needs forgiven. But I know Kenny has said this. I really like this. More importantly, she's a dead person who needs life. And Christ offers what no one can offer because Christ is God. Now, teenagers, I want to ask you a question. I would like you to think with me in your brain here. What would really give you a satisfying life? Just in, in your own mind, what would give you a satisfying life? And I'm sure teenagers are thinking, the right girl, the right guy, the right career, uh, a good social cause, if I could maybe cure a disease. Uh, maybe in sports, I could be a pro and I could affect a lot of people. How about financial success? And I could really do a lot for God. And, and Kenny told me to use this and open it and throw the water, but I'm not going to do that. But you know what that's like? That's like throwing water on your face. God says, that's, that is a losing proposition. And I want to encourage you. You know, we had a singles group here but downstairs in a little hole in the wall, way back. I 
Kenny helped get that started. He was in my youth group. I think we had food. That's where it all started. And uh, we had to have pop and food. You know, he, he never missed. And so uh, I remember, I remember in the back door, uh, this good-looking redhead walks in. And I thought, what in the world? How'd you hear about our church? And that's a real interesting story. To come in our back door Sunday night, it's, and she comes in. So Kenny says, he starts telling me about her. And I said, there ain't no way, brother. There ain't no way. So uh, I, obviously I was wrong. But uh, uh, I know I wanted to be a pharmacist. Uh, I don't know why. But then uh, a guy in a church said to me, and he named another profession that I thought was impossible. But just the fact that that godly guy said to me, he said, what are you good at? I said, I'm real good at math. He says, you can be a... I said, no. And then I said, yeah, maybe I can. And let me, let me just say this. I would like to challenge the, you teenagers. All these things I said are good. But in your quiet time, just say, Lord, help me to drink from what you have to offer. Help me to drink from what you have to offer. Uh, I haven't said this in the first uh, Saturday night or the first service. I told Kenny, I wish I, I'm not the one to say this, but I'm, I'm going to sneak this out. For, okay, this is me, not Kenny. Uh, this romantic love stuff these poor kids are getting sucked into on TV. Uh, I wish there was a class and someone could teach it. I have the ideas, but I'm not teaching it. And that is that we're in... Do they come up with telling a two Christian couple that what they got is better than us romantically? That is a joke. And, and I tell the boys when I get them alone, it's like, please. Now stop that right there. Okay, my daughter's sitting here. Okay, now, now let me ask you this. And also, financial success. I know guys. That's all they think about. They've lost their family. This is bad. Every word comes out of their mouth relates to money. It relates to money. Listen, your kids, what has to come out of your mouth has to relate to God. It has to relate to the perpetual spring of everlasting water. And so, uh, speaking to men, let me say this. Uh, I, the men I talk to my age now, you know what they want? I, I, the guy the other day, I'm talking to him, he goes, he leans back, he goes, oh, Jim, all I want, and you guys know what it is, is peace. All I want is peace. And, you know, I just want to give you a little story, just to be a little funny, but uh, I'm like a sports addict. I, I, there's something wrong with me, you know. And it's not so much watching it. Uh, it, it it's like uh, there's a kid... Uh, and I, I love all sports, but basketball I kind of got into as I got older. And there's a kid from Aliquippa that I used to, we were grown men playing in these crazy, we'd rented gyms and I was married. And a kid from Aliquippa told me, he goes, Jim, if I could videotape you, you would never play basketball again. Because he knew I was a Christian and I tried to live for Christ. He used, I remember he used to tell me, he was a, he was a tough guy. He'd go, because me and him went at it all the time. And he'd like, Brother Jim, <laughs> if I had a video of you, he said, you would never play again. So I come home, I come home, it's Friday night. 
and I just watched the Bethel Park Elementary talent show, all 16 of them, okay? And, and I come in the house, and of course, my granddaughter was the best. I, I didn't tell you that, did I? And so, uh, I'm just kidding. But I got, I got, I got home about 10 o'clock, and Yukon uh, girls are playing in the Final Four. They're playing Mississippi State. Now, I'm pulling for Mississippi State because UConn has won 111 in a row. And they, they're in their 10th Final Four. And so the game's going on. My wife's sitting here, and there's Becky. And it's getting, I mean, it's like, it's like the greatest game. It gets down to its 60-60 in, uh, in regulation. It goes into overtime. They're going into overtime. It's nip and tuck. And then this big uh, girl from uh, UConn gets hit in the neck. So the referee calls a flagrant foul. Okay, so that means they get to shoot two and they get the ball. Now, when I played basketball, we played kind of rough, all right? And my theory is, and this is just me, it's not the church, it's not Kenny, basketball players are wimps, okay? And so I always played underneath, and it was always like, oh, I just loved it. Because they'd say, that's a foul. I'd say, oh, no, here's a foul, you know? And, 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 and now you ask Dave Boer, okay, he'll tell, and I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> Dave says, uh, most guys that are rough, they, they'll break your arms. They said, Jim would eat your arms. So I, I don't know if that's true. But uh, I, I, I had a real issue uh, in those days. So I'm being real good the last few years, but I'm watching this game. And, and so I start, I go, you know what? That girl's a wimp. My, my daughter's sitting there, my wife. And it's like, then the announcer sticks up for her. So I go, you know, that girl, and I'm trying, I, I'm trying to be healed from male chauvinism. I've done real good. But I'm like, that girl needs a real job. She needs to be a nurse. She needs to get off, you know. And then I see the guy, I see the guy, one of the parents, he's sitting in the stands, and he's lost his mind, you know. And I'm watching him, and I'm like, you know, it was like me. So right at the end, and it, the camera's on him, the, like the, almost the last half. And right at the end, the, this little girl comes down. It, it's, I forget the score. They're losing by one, Mississippi State. There's five seconds. She dribbles. There's a girl on her. She shouldn't have shot it, I thought. The, uh, she should have had a better shot. She shoots it. It's in the air, and it's 0. .7, 0. .6, 0. .5. It goes to zero. The ball's in the air. Swish! Right through it, and Mississippi State wins. Now, oh, now it's on. I'm standing up. My wife's there, Becky. They, got, they put the camera on the man. <laughs> I said, Debran, get a notebook. Becky, get a notebook. There's a real man. Take some notes. Because this is, this is the way we should live, you know. And so and, and after I got done, I'm standing there, and my wife goes, you're insane. You're, you're like, there's something wrong with you. And, and I'm, I'm just trying to be a little bit funny, but he was like I drank from the old well again. You know, and, and that's the way, you know, I used to be so into that stuff, you know, and I don't like that because it just, after every game, it was like, I got to ask forgiveness for people to God. And, and this is funny. This is, this, is, this is being funny, I know. And people, they like it because, but, but I'm just trying to make a point. It, God promises that if you drink from the perpetual spring, there's peace. So, you know, I I almost can walk away from that stuff now. I, I don't really watch the theater games like I used to and stuff like that. But th the point is, I hope you get it, it's, that stuff doesn't, it's water on my face. You know, it, it hurts my family. It, it's, it's not good. It's just not good. Now, verse 19, 
Uh, Sir, the woman said, you must be a prophet. So tell me, why is it that you Jews insist that Jerusalem is the only place of worship, while we Samaritans claim it is here at Mount Gerizim, where our ancestors worship? See, the woman, see, the lady now, she's like, her soul is being laid open, and, and, and she's changing the subject. So then Jesus says, Believe me, dear woman, the time is coming when it will no longer matter whether you worship the Father on this mountain or in Jerusalem. You Samaritans know very little about the one you worship, while we Jews know all about him, for salvation comes through the Jews. But the time is coming, indeed it is here now, when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. The Father is looking for those who will worship him that way. For God is spirit, so those who worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. So Jesus describes worship, and this good. So he says this. The Father is seeking worshipers, and so, isn't it neat that really, if we want answers to our prayer, then I say, Lord, teach me to be a worshiper. That will be answered. It's guaranteed. 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 So, I've learned this. My job as a grandfather, I got 13 grandkids. One of my jobs, to help my grandkids become worshipers. There's a couple that will be impossible. But uh, we, we, we've got to help them to be worshipers. And so w- w- what is neat, though, uh, I, I, now it isn't always singing. I know that. And I, and I always tease. Uh, I am making up for a lot of lost time of how I didn't encourage this up here when I was a lot younger. I, I go crazy. I tell my grandkids, we're going to learn how to play the violin. We're going to learn to play the clarinet because Pappy cannot throw a ball. I cannot catch a ball. I played tennis. Oh, it was ugly the other, on vacation. But, and I love that stuff, but I wish I could play the piano. Now, don't 20 people come up to me and say, you can. I, I know you can, <laughs> but, but it's like mental. You've got to be ready to do that. Uh, and, but worship, whatever it is. You know, I think worship is a lot of things, but I... I, I know singing is part of it, and I love to get with the grandkids. And uh, I found that song out before they did, and I, I, we, they come up the house. I put it on the computer, turned the speakers up, uh, that song, Soul on Fire, Third Day, and all these other songs that are just fun. This song here we sing all the time, uh, Lord, I Need You. And, and the kids, they just – and I love the fact that they're excited about God's Word and His songs. And so – just one thing in life, I, I, I want to challenge the men, is that if you pray that prayer to help me to teach my children to be worshipers, uh, you can worship God working here. You can, I think that's worshiping God. Whatever it is that helps you worship God, whatever God, but he says he'll answer that prayer. Now, that means that must take a priority over a lot of the things. You know. So, now let's go to verse 25. The woman said, I know the Messiah is coming. The one who is called Christ, when he comes, he will explain everything to us. Now, I don't know about you, but when I'm in an argument and I'm losing, especially when somebody's smarter than me, I want to change the subject. I, I mean, I'm, it's like, and I think she sees, this guy's brilliant. And he's reading my soul. And, and she says, well, I, I don't know, but I know this. When the Messiah comes, he'll answer everything. Isn't it cool? And look in the next verse. Oh, mercy. Then Jesus told her, I am the Messiah. I, I, I just think about that. I just like, ooh. Here's this girl, lowly class woman in a man's world. She's empty. She's poor. She's adulterous. She's despised by the Jews, despised by the Samaritans. The Messiah came to her and offered her 
eternal life. Look at verse 27. Then his disciples came back. They were shocked to find him talking to a woman. But none of them had the nerve to ask, what do you want with her? And why are you talking to her? I mean, it's just culturally wrong. The woman left her water jar beside the well, ran back to the village, telling everyone, come and see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could it be possibly the Messiah? Soon the people came streaming from the village to see him. Listen, God gently opened her soul. Look at the result. The longest conversation recorded between a person and Christ. Unbelievable. Here's this girl, lowly, the lowly of love. And the longest conversation is with Jesus Christ. The first person to hear he's the Messiah is this girl. And then the city, it says later, he stayed for two days. The city came to Christ. Can you imagine that? And then uh, scholars say that, that Philip, years later in Acts 8, 5, had a revival there. And all kind of people came to Christ. And listen, can you imagine that lady running around our church today? Hey, I think I found the Christ. Oh, she is. She's running around your mind right now. I found the Christ. I talked to a guy last, I, I, a guy after church last night says, I just feel like running around town telling him about Jesus. That made me feel good. It's like, yeah, that's right. And so let me encourage you. What well are you drinking from for eternal life? Because listen, folks, there is a heaven and there is a hell. That's a fact. And if you've been drinking or trusting in any well except the one that Jesus provides the water, uh, you, and you're riding that fence, and I know from talking to people in our church, there are people on that fence, and in a good way. They're searching. There's people walking in our doors. They're seeking God. And I want to encourage you, make that decision today. Don't do it because I said so, but if God is tugging at your heart and you feel like, I got to do this, just do it. Do it while you're sitting in the pew. Uh, if you need help, grab one of the pastors, one of the good people in our church, and ask for help. And make that decision. Listen, Jesus Christ died on the cross. He, God butchered him to pay for our sin. He paid for our sin. Now, I knew, about, I, I, I knew for my whole life about this, but it just, it's more endearing to me the older I get because I know my sins are a lot more than I thought. For example... You say, I, I, I don't steal and I don't murder. I don't rob. Oh, okay. You never stole, you never stole, you men never stole the joy from your wife. You never stole joy from your kids. You're, you, you stole. You never murdered hope in the little kid, in your child. You, you, never, you never robbed him of hope with the, your attitude and how we do it right the first time, boy. And this ain't the way we do it in our house. Hmm. Oh, no. We start, you start thinking about that. And when I see the sins that are piled up in my life, it's like, oh, and God butchered Jesus for me. Whew. And God says, Jesus says this, I don't ask you, I ask you one thing, believe it. Believe, not believe it, not say it, believe it. It's like, oh, it's beautiful. So I ask you today, become a follower of Christ today. Yeah, this ain't a list of do's and don'ts. It's, this is so cool. I, this is why I'm excited. I wish I'd have got this earlier. This is a matter of letting somebody else run your life. 
run the engine room of your life. It's like, let him run it. Now listen, I'm an, I'm, and I say this, humorous. I am a recovering workaholic. I always say I, I cannot work anybody. No, that's not true, but I say it, okay? Now, you ought to see what gets done when you trust God. It's unbelievable. I, I, I can't believe it. I can't believe it. So uh, it's like become a follower of God today. And let me say one more thing. Become a worshiper of God today. Just say, Lord, I am going to give my life to you. Uh, if you're already uh, a believer like me, uh, we understand salvation. However, maybe you're like me and you've avoided that uh, perpetual spring. You got, you got it all figured out. You're like me. You're type A. We, got, you know, we know what we're doing. L- let, me, let me just challenge you. God says this. He's opening your soul. He says, let me run your life. You're dehydrated. Let me give you the drink that you need. How about your marriage? Listen, in my neighborhood, I told the first service, no man and woman I ever saw show affection. Our parents. Never. Never. So guess the model I had. And so I need help. And it's, it's, it's beautiful to say, Lord, I can't figure this out. Thank God my wife's from the valley. She understands those kind of guys. But she deserves better. And I can't change. You can't change. God can change me. If he can get me to heaven, he can change what is in my soul. Oh, I love it. I love it. Now, uh, finances, insurance, college, children, elderly parents, health. God knows all about that. So I'm just going to ask you, you still got to go to work. You still got to get... Go get an insurance plan. We still got to raise our kids. But I'd get on my knees, guys, and I'd say, Lord, here we go. You're in my heart. Talk to him. He's here. He's here. He lives within you. I said, I need you. I need you. Hey, listen. Uh, God's, listen. A wise man hears God's word, and he responds. A fool hears God's word, and he runs from it. We were on vacation last week, and my granddaughter came up to me. I thought I was being pretty funny. And Addie, who never is the sweetest, never gets mean at all, she said, uh, Pat, oh, what you said to Grammy is rude. I don't want you to say, say that again. <clears throat> I was like, hmm. Now, and I could be nice and say, uh, okay, I'll do that for you. But you know, that was a wise statement from Jesus through my granddaughter. That's got to end. And that wasn't even that bad. But the, the, point, the point being taken. Now, let me say this. Develop a spiritual fountain. Listen, when I talk to Al Finney, listen, in my flesh, I'm ready to take the hospitals and turn them into a bowling alley. You get what I mean? It's driving me crazy. But when you talk to Al, Al quotes verses. He goes to the spiritual fountain. God is good. Psalms 119, 68, he quotes 1 Corinthians 2, 9, eye hath not seen, ear hath not heard, nor mind hath imagined what God has prepared for those that love him. Romans 8, 1, there's no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. I'm reading it. He memorizes it. Deuteronomy 31, 6, he will never leave me nor forsake me. Al Finney drinks from the spiritual fountain from God. It's amazing, and people are coming to God because of Brother Al. And so it's like 
it is, it's the only thing that works. And as we close, I just want to uh, read another quote from Tim, Tim Keller in his book, uh, The Insider. I can give you absolute unfathomable satisfaction, or excuse me, this is what Jesus is saying. I can give you absolute unfathomable satisfaction in the core of your being, regardless of what happens outside, regardless of the circumstance. So as we close in prayer, look, guys, just ask God, help me, Lord, to quit throwing water in my face. I need that spiritual water fountain that you've provided. You've already You've already died on the cross for me. Now, help me to drink from that fountain. Let's pray. Dear God, I thank you so much for these wonderful people. Thank you that uh, they're so kind to listen. I pray, God, as your heart, as you have spoken to us, I pray that those that are on the fence that need to make a decision will make that decision to follow Christ. And those of us that have not been drinking from that fountain in all our areas of our life, that we would make that decision today, God, to drink from the fountain that you provide, that perpetual spring. Thank you, God, for being such a wonderful God. These things we ask in your wonderful name. Amen. As we sing a song just before we leave today. Table to sign up for the helicopter drop, and also for the women's retreat. We'll see you next Sunday.